I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about No Game, No Life, Zero, which is uh, the movie and also at the same time a prequel to the series No Game, No Life. It came out in 2017. Producers for it were Frontier Works, Movic, ATX, and Katakawa with the studio of Madhouse. Genres were game, supernatural, drama, romance, and fantasy. Yeah. The, for me, it was kind of like a, a sequel slash prequel because the story was about the prequel, but it looked like it happened during a sequel, like after the anime was originally finished. Does that make sense? Yeah, it did. And at the same time, it's kind of giving you the hint that there will be other series possibly later on down the line. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I I saw that and I got hope that... (laughs) like I'm glad I didn't watch that when it first came out because I would have been expecting a season two this this come around yeah and it came out in 2017 so it's about three years old what i really feel uh this really helps tie in the total events for everything all together uh from the series and the movie and the main characters uh shui riku uh, who are the two main protagonists, you can argue that uh, Sora and Shiro are actually the re- reincarnation of them. Oh, I didn't realize there was an argument to be made for that. I, I thought that was assumed. I'm just saying, you never know. People are weird. I I, I, <laughs> I saw it the first time and I assumed that was the case, but hey, you never know. Now, true. No Game, No Life, it really is... A great series, and it's very comedic. Um, This is very, very serious, and it does not pull the punches even from the very beginning. Seriously, though, I really, I think I was talking, I was watching it with my significant other, and I was like, you know, this is a little bit dark. Like in the first eight minutes, the main character goes, hey, this is an order. You got to go die. And without hesitation, just straight up, okay take care of my kid for me. And I realized it was, it was a necessary decision. And (laughs) I paused the movie. I'm like, Hey, this is, this is not how you get someone to like the main character. Yeah. And she goes, well, no, he's, he's, he's obviously the bad guy. No, he's the good guy. He made a decision that it's very difficult. This is what a good leader does. This is kind of required for the times. And she goes, I still don't like him. Yeah. And that's understandable. And they did a great job too of just showing how cold and heartless his eyes are and and the yeah. gradual progression all the way through it. It also 
finally gives you some understanding as to how uh, the rules actually came to be and how the God of games uh, became the quote-unquote one true God, how he became the ruler over the world. This is a great story and and background to help fill in all those uh, questions that I had. Well, see, the anime originally said that the only reason he became number one is because he kind of sat out and everyone just self-destructed. I much prefer this story over that one. Well, they never specified it in the series, in all honesty. They never specified how he won. They just said he he came in and took it, not when everyone self-destructed, but overall he had a prime opportunity to become the one true God and he took it. Or rather, it was given to him. Yeah, I never. I might have to rewatch that anime. I totally will. I'm like, I have no problem doing that. <laughs> but I, I might have. I might be inferring a lot more than than I remember. But I, I thought it was stated that he took it uh, as a result of being the only one left. No, because all the gods are still there, and they never specified yeah. that all of them were killed off. Yeah, you got a point. But so the way that this whole thing comes up, it, I like it. I like it a lot. And it's just, it was done beautifully, very, very graphically and morbidly, but beautifully nonetheless. What did you think about it? Like I thought in, it's, it's kind of hard to find the words um, because in the first 10 minutes, it just gives you such a roller coaster. It does. And I feel it's a really great story it like like i was saying it really helps tie in a lot of that information that i was really craving and wanting to know and with it starting off with you being introduced to riku and how he's maneuvering around and and the kind of hard decisions that he has to make but at the same time after he comes back and he has to break to the to the daughter of the guy who he sentenced to death he he tells her hey your dad's gone and because i ordered him to die he's not coming back and then at the same time while he's in that room in his room our office you hear him cry and just be overwhelmed with sadness and anger about the decision he had to make and his mournfulness at that too i thought he was just frustrated with how pathetically weak he was in the situation. Yeah. Which ties into with him being mournful over it. It definitely does. But I mean, it, it brings it to a whole new understanding for me that he's not mad because of the decision. He's mad that he was weak enough that he couldn't find another decision. Yeah. And y- you also have to understand that the world they're in, humans basically are thought of to be extinct or completely gone because they can't use any magic and they are the absolute weakest amongst all the other races. And in fact, uh, uh, Ex Machina, a machine who was trying to discover and find out about the human heart and the emotions and what drives them to try and understand them better, ended up being cut off from the basically the hive mind so to speak because they're all supposed to be connected together to learn about humans and their hearts and granted they don't introduce uh 
schwai in the most uh elegant way yeah <laughs> yeah yeah now the way that i understood it um so an ex machina was essentially rejected from the hive as being um deficient or as being um found to have an error because of her yeah. want to try and understand it yeah and when she was told to forget about it she apparently the machine said that she couldn't and she was going to go forth with this and because she had a form of individuality right there they're like hey that's not what we're about you need to be gone from our presence and i thought it kind of the movie itself had a a feel of tension i would say through about 70 percent of the film and it, it just it was a roller coaster where you'd get super super tension and a nice relief super super tension and a nice relief and the last 30 minutes i would say just straight tension to the point where my significant other was like hey this is not fun for me anymore i'm getting stressed out watching this when are they gonna end it and i'm like well it's a movie they're, they're gonna end it when they end it yeah. and yeah and i i would kind of agree it was the, the tension was brought to a point where if you're not too invested while watching it, 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 it's a nice, it's a nice attention grabber. But if you typically get into movies a little too much, it, uh, it might be a bit, a bit much for your, I don't know, your, your emotional well being. Yeah, no, this definitely, I agree with you there. It definitely was an emotional roller coaster all the way through. Um, another thing that really helps you understand, uh, what's going on is when, Riku finally comes to a understanding with Shwai because Shwai is so infatuated with him and, and wanting to understand Riku actually starts and you can see it in his eyes when the two of them are, are conversing and being together with her constant trying to understand and, and push on him. You can see his eyes start to soften and they, they're not yeah. hardened or heartless anymore. They, they eventually get to a point to where, you know, he he finally feels and he's he's happy and he actually even proposes to Shwai and she tells <laughs> him no wholeheartedly. <laughs> like, and, and you have a little bit of com comedy right there. But well, I want your opinion on that, because I was actually on my drive home talking to, again, my significant other about this particular scenario, this, this scene. And she goes, that was so out of place and so awkward. I didn't like it. And I thought I liked it. I, I explained that to me, that was him showing the irrationale of humanity, I think is what they, they're called there. Yeah. Uh, and that the reason they survived as long as they have, and the reason they have persisted as an anomaly to the numbers, essentially, was that erratic, I guess, unknown which is part of what the heart or what Shui was trying to research. The heart was the difference. Yeah. Going against going against your more baser instinct and instead going with what the bigger picture should be. Yeah. At the same time, it also really shows that, you know, it doesn't matter the background or who you are or anything like that. It, it shows that love will find a way to be no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're a machine or not. This showed that they had a relationship with each other and they loved each other. And all Riku had to do was to 
help Schweib gain a heart was simply say, it doesn't matter to me what you are. To me, you will always be Schwai and you will be the love of my life. Everything else doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And it, it, it sounds corny when you say it. It does. I, I don't want to take anything away. But in the context of the scene, he was beautiful. It was. It was a great scene. And when you really tie in how Sora and Shiro are in the series... It makes perfect sense. It does. It makes absolute perfect sense on why those two need to be together and why Shwai and Riku are the way they are and how Sora and Shira are the way they are. Because it, it's basically a carbon copy of each other. Yeah, the, the reincarnations. That, that's my argument for that. But what I thought was quite interesting, quite... I well, Honestly, as an outsider, as an observer watching it, it it's kind of weak... Uh, storytelling but at the very beginning when our main character his village is destroyed or his town is destroyed shui shows up and she sees him being the only one to have survived complete city destruction and as the observer you see him playing a game which which you assume to be tet but of course tet is shadowed and and obscured um but you see him playing and the only reason he survived is because tet covered his body be it intentional or unintentional acted as a shield from the mass explosion that took out the city and you see shui show up and that's i think where the issue became where she couldn't stay with the hive mind anymore because she witnessed a very weak non-magical human or human, whatever you'd like to say, survive this total blast for no reason. Like that, that, in my, that's where I take that from. Do you agree or no? Uh, I would have to agree, um, mainly because they only show Riku being the only one that actually survived from a stupid, powerful explosion like that. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there really is no other way to uh, explain how he survived something like that. Well, actually, if that's if that's the case, Tet being a god and all, granted the god of games, wouldn't that be kind of cool to think that Tet set this all in motion? Well, for him, everything is a game, you know. So maybe I mean that'd be possibly? that'd be kind of cool. I'm gonna save this one person, and they're gonna be my 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 king piece or queen, however you'd like to place it, my queen piece on the board, and they're going to rule it all and change everything. Um, one of the things that I thought humanized our main character was that he remembered every name of everyone that he sent off to the trenches. Yeah. Every person that he ordered to die, which was like 48 people total, he remembered yeah, he every single name. And when uh, Shwai was talking to him and basically unintentionally saying something insensitive to him, Riku recites every single name with tears in his eyes crying over the deaths again and the way the voice actor in the english version I, I didn't watch it in the japanese version in the japanese subtitles but in the english version english dub you could almost feel pain listening to this you could you it was very very well done and you just felt like these names were seared into his soul yeah and uh I've seen it both ways, and both ways, the voice actor, top-notch. 
especially when it comes to that scene when he's reciting every single name. They they both in both English and and uh, Japanese did not skimp. I'm glad, very very glad. Hopefully that means, you know, stepping away from this and judging the <laughs> industry on a whole. Hopefully this means that they'll put more money and more effort into creating a wider range of character profiles because I'm personally tired of seeing the same 15 people dubbing. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, they, if they do a great job, they do a great job. Well, let's be honest. If I, I originally watched avatar, the last airbender and the prince is teenage Goku, the same voice actor. I could not get past that. So that's just me. That's probably just something that I couldn't get over. Oh, Ugh. maybe. Yeah. Either way, that's just a side note, but I think it'll be good for the industry. And if it is good for the industry, then hopefully that means they'll have more quality coming forward. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things about this is uh, when Riku and Shui actually develop basically a ghost squad of people in because of how Riku is, he was uh, basically when he was asking for volunteers and said, anyone that doesn't want to go out there and do these things leave now. But basically he developed a shadow or ghost information network and exchanging information with species to species and doing everything that he can to try and make sure that he could drive all the other species to face off each other away from the humans and he successfully does this with his team he learns that the elves and the dwarves both have weapons that can d- completely annihilate or destroy each other and the world almost basically and then you have uh the other uh race the frugal and they basically have a power to be able to do the exact same thing, which dwarfs the other two powers or their technology to be able to do something like that. And he actually, with the help of Shui, develops a plan to be able to force them into a position where they would have to use this and at the same time force uh, the the key, basically the the one object that would allow the one true God to be the true God to appear. Now, the thing that made me not necessarily question everything, but the thing that made me very curious is their interpretation of the war. And for some reason, the ex machina knew all about why the war was even there to begin with. And it was simply a game of who's the strongest. If you've got all these gods who created all these beings and they all are trying to vie for the you know number one spot, if they don't kill everybody else off they can't be listed as the one true god which makes no sense to me well what they said was the mentality behind it was not that they want to kill all of them off they just want to kill one god off and it doesn't matter which one which would edge them up above in terms of power to make the key appear or or the this article appear and so that's why these wars were going on, not because the gods were fighting each other, but because they were wanting their perspective races to be able to actually fight and with that be able to kill the god of that race. Okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But I thought it was quite ingenious how 
<laughs> he was able to be like, you know, all we have to do is just create something stronger than everybody else. And then apparently the Ex Machina are able to replicate these spells. So if you got these super Omega spells all together at one point in time, it would it would make that one seat appear, the one thing appear that would identify the greatest god. Basically, and that yeah. Was, I was a gamble, as you would in a game, but yep. genius nonetheless. Oh, yeah. And it's not that they could replicate it at full potency. They can replicate it themselves at like 10%, I believe is what Schwey said. But if you but that get, was her specifically. Yeah. But also, even if it wasn't just her specifically, even if you had the other ones that mirrored that, when you have over 100 of them together, it doesn't matter if it's just 10%. It's ten percent times a hundred times two hundred times three hundred. Oh, true. Yeah, I thought that last scene was kind of cool, where she was fighting a frugal, and the frugal are basically angels, and the angels crazy powerful. This is also where you uh, get reacquainted with uh, Jibril. Jibril, yeah. So, so she was there even at the very beginning when when the. god of games actually uh took power scary to think of that huh yeah stupid stupid old <laughs> but don't don't bring that up to her face because she she's not one to like like people uh saying how old she is yeah <laughs> oh man um but yeah it was uh, uh I... it was very unique it was very uh very tastefully done especially with how uh Shui actually ended up dying. It was uh that just like that hit yeah. me right right in the feels. Yeah, I I'm not gonna lie, I teared up a bit. I maybe it's because I'm getting older, I'm getting more sensitive to this stuff. But it was just I I was like, no, don't die. Even though I knew what was gonna happen. Like they to to be reincarnated, you gotta die. I mean, th- there's just no way around it. Yeah. And it just it was one of those fulfilling deaths. Yeah, you're like, I'm glad you were able to set like not just sacrifice, but sacrifice with a purpose. Yeah. And the way that the way that it happened, Shui was going through the rules, which the rules that they made were different than the rules in the anime. The rules they made were essentially don't kill, don't die. And the way that Shui was able to justify her death was a tool can't die so long as a tool is useful when it breaks. Yeah, it's not that the rules in the movie were different from the game or or from uh, the series. It's that they were different rules created by Riku and not by Tet. And Fair. at the end, Tet creates the rules that we all know from the series. That's fair. So, you know, it would only make sense that, uh, that it is a different set of rules. I suppose you have a point. I just thought it was really awesome regardless. Yeah, it was it was really good. I uh I actually highly recommend it. I would I would uh, recommend Here. recommend like, watching if, this. Like even if you were not a, a fan of the show, this is something I would 100% because the movie it's it's a standalone. It's nice. Um but it's something I honestly wish I saw sooner. I'm happy it took me this long to watch it, so I'm not in the throes of, oh, I can't wait for season two. But I, I, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Because it it's it's a feel-good movie, and because of the roller coaster of emotion that it goes through, 
it it makes you happy to be alive i guess would be a good way to put that's the what that's what i walked away with does that make sense yeah and to to help clarify uh what the rules we're talking about are so riku created the the six pledges it's number one you must not kill the heart does not wish for murder rule two you must not let anyone die the heart does not want anyone to die three you must not let anyone discover you if we are discovered we are dead for no tactic is off limits not even a sly trick should be considered dirty five the guy's rules mean nothing to us uh, or the god's rules mean nothing to us the heart doesn't give two shits about their bloody contest <laughs> break yeah. any of these rules and you lose the heart gains nothing from a victory where violence is a principle, which basically builds a foundation for what uh, Tet creates. And his 10 are all murder, war, and robbery is forbidden in this world. All conflict in this world will be resolved through games, which was number two. Number three, in games, each player will bet something that they agree is of equal value for as long as it doesn't violate pledge three, anything may be bet and any game may be played. Five, the challenged party has the right to decide the rules of the game. Six, any bets made in accordance with the pledges must be upheld. Seven, conflicts between groups will be conducted by designated representatives with absolute authority. Eight, being caught cheating during a game is grounds for an instant loss. Nine, in the name of God, the previous rules may never be changed. And ten, let's all have fun and play together. Now, what's kind of interesting about those rules right there is all cheating is instant. What was that? All cheating uh, during a game, uh, being caught cheating, not all cheating, but being caught cheating during a game is grounds for an instant loss. Doesn't say you that can't right. cheat. It just exactly. says you can't be caught cheating. And it's the same thing with uh during the pledges. It's like no tactics off limits. Even a slide trick, it should should not be considered dirty. It's beautiful. It is. <laughs> I mean, it it's really, really well played. And and though the pledges and the, or the rules really play well with each other, and you can tell that the ten that were created were based off of the six. Yeah, you, it's 100%, 100%. So I think that kind of puts us, what would you say, at being done? Like, uh, I, I I would say, yeah. I just want to point out one more thing, though, for when Schwai dies. Uh, <laughs> it was, okay. I thought it was really tastefully done in that her marriage, because uh, Riku and Schwai did have a marriage and they did get married. Which is why the stone that uh, uh, Dola, Stephanie Dola, she had, mm -hmm. if you remember from the series, it was really important to her. Uh, the Dola from the past, uh, Corony, she yeah. actually had that stone and she etched Riku's and Shwai's name in on the stone, making them a part of the family. Which makes sense that all three of them are together again in the current day and age. Yeah. Also. Didn't even think of that. When Shwai dies, she puts a protective barrier, not over herself or heart or her head, but over the ring 
that Riku gave her. Yeah, again, heartstrings pulling at them. Uh, that's just, I, I like <laughs> the little detail that they did there too. You know, it, it just shows that even though she was a machine, she cared so much about the bond that she had with Riku that even when she's about to die, she cared deeply about that. Yeah. All right. God, that's such a good movie. Such a great movie. Well worth it. Glad I watched it again. Thank you, cats, for uh, giving the recommendation. Truly appreciate it. I believe it's my turn. Oh, no, actually, we should do... Uh, <laughs> I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, I thought we might be able to forego it, but I I, I stand corrected. We should uh, give a number. I would say this one ranks for me nine. All right. Nine in a scale for a movie. The animation was on point. I had the subtitles going along with the English dub and i'm not disappointed i enjoyed basically everything about it um so yeah i'm I'm gonna rock a solid nine what about you uh i'm gonna rock a solid nine myself simply because i gotta agree the only thing that i'm not happy with is that you know at the end it leads into like there possibly could be a season two maybe in the future and that's the only thing that that keeps me from giving it a perfect 10 no, there will be a season two. There, 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 there's no option that there's not. So just saying. Well, just <laughs> I'm just I can, I can dream. I can dream. All right. Well, you continue to dream. I will live in the sad reality that there is not. And yeah. uh, next week is uh, your choice, sir. Indeed it is. My choice is going to be uh, an anime called Knights and Magic. All right. I don't uh, believe I've seen that one. Good. I I've been told really good things about it. I haven't seen it either. Oh, but it it gives me hope. Okay. Uh, pulled it up here and uh, thirteen episodes long. Came out in two thousand seventeen. Uh, it is an action fantasy mecha school. Uh, for the genres. Hmm. All right. Oh, okay. I would have from the synopsis I read. I would say uh isekai as well but uh we'll see all right we can discuss that later indeed well that's all the time that we have for today uh thanks for checking us out uh feel free to reach out to us with your own recommendation what you thought of any of the series that we have seen or what your thoughts are for next week's episode uh you can reach out to us at our gmail at featured anime podcast at gmail.com you can tweet at us at those anime guys we're even on facebook featured anime podcast and we even have a link for the discord server that we're in also feel free to leave a voicemail if you want until next time i'm jack and i'm rick and we'll see you later want to get a chiseled look in the jawline sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from juvederm volux xc juvederm volux xc is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m dot com 
not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.